How hard is it to play professional tennis for a living? Find your aha moment right after this. Do the best you can with everything you got. Struggle day to day, cherish every fight you fought. Destroy your obstacles, remove the blocks. Got to stand strong, can you do it? Breakthrough, can you move on? Wherever you... Welcome back to Find Your Aha Moment. I'm your host, Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. Don't forget to rate, review, and subscribe to this podcast so you can get daily notifications. And don't forget to enter our Twins of Miami live ball giveaway. We're going to give away three live ball classes to three lucky winners on November 20th, 2019. So today's question, how hard is it to make a living playing professional tennis on the ATP Tour? Well, there was an interesting article that was in Forbes magazine during the U.S. Open. And in this article, John Isner went over his expenses and how he allocated and budgeted his expenses for traveling on the ATP Tour. Now, it's a lot different for tennis players and golfers than, say, a baseball or NBA player. Uh, Those players, athletes, get a salary that's guaranteed from their team and all their expenses are paid for. And it adds up pretty quickly when you work as an independent contractor and you have to pay all these expenses. Now, one little thing to remember, if you do get in the main draw, say, of the Miami Open, your room is paid for as long as you're in the tournament. So if you're in qualifying, you'll have to pay for your hotel room or your housing, whatever you decide to do, if it's Airbnb or a hotel. And once you're in the main draw, then you get a dedicated room provided by the tournament. Now, that does not include your support staff, which would include your tennis coach, your trainer, uh, your physio, uh, any family members, if you were footing the bill for them. So this is kind of interesting. Here's John Isner's breakdown of his expenses. He puts 10% of his budget towards his own travel, another 10% towards his team's travel, which includes the coach, the physio, the trainer, etc. He puts 5% into meals and lodging. He puts 10% into his team's meals and lodging. Like we said, he does have to foot the bill for his team's hotel room. Uh, he has 45% in labor costs. So that would be the salaries of all his uh, support staff, coach, trainer, physio. He has 10% for accounting and financial services, 3% for training, 5% for medical, and 2% for racket strings. Tennis pros spend a lot of money on strings. In fact, they probably uh, string their rackets every day, whether they break their string or not. So you can see right there, that adds up to 100% of his budget. That's quite a lot of expenses that he has to carry to make it on the tour. Now, the thing with tennis pros is, if you don't don't play in the tournament and win, you don't get paid. So what I have in front of me now is the October 14th, 2019 current up-to-date prize money leaders. And we see Rafa Nadal has $11 million in the bank, 11.9 million. We'll just go down to the number 10 player. You'll see a, a significant drop-off. Uh, Roberto Aguista, Agut Batista has $2.4 million. We'll go to the top 20. Lucas Pui has $1.6 million. Let's go to number 50 with John Millman. He has $984,000. The top 100 player. Here's Ivo Karlovic at 98. 
he made 560 million. So you can pretty much guarantee, since this is an international sport, once you cross that threshold of $500,000, you're in the 37% tax bracket for federal tax. Now, if you live in Florida or Texas, um, that's your tax rate. If you live in another state, such as California, or let's say New York City, you're gonna get taxed. Let's say you lived in New York City and you were a tennis pro, which I don't know any of, any of them that do, but you would get a city's tax, and a state tax, and a federal tax, you'd be up about in the high 40s for your tax rate. Now, here's another little uh, sleeper bill. If you play in Australia, or you play in the UK, you play in any of these foreign countries, you're going to get taxed on the income you make there as well, as well as the tax that you have as a citizen of the United States. So you can see that's why he invests a significant part of his budget towards a financial advisor. So they can kind of negotiate that and leverage his income uh, in the best way possible. So uh, I think so far this year, John Isner won the Miami Open. He was hurt a significant part of the year. So he made so far to date $1.7 million. So this uh, end of year will be big for him. Obviously, if he can make some money, uh, that would be really helpful. Uh, a lot of these tennis pros do collect money from endorsements. Now, um, a lot of the endorsements in tennis have what we call escalators on them. So in other words, the, the brand wants to reward the player. The better the player does, the better uh, the brand will do. All right. And they will pay according to that. So if John gets to the semifinals of Wimbledon like he did last year, he will not only get increased prize money, but he'll get escalators from his sponsors, which typically, typically are racket and clothing brand. And of course, they can get sponsored patches on their sleeves, which have different size requirements and uh, a certain amount of volume that you can have. You can't be like a NASCAR driver and just have these patches all over your uniform. So you can see making $10 million in tennis is much different than making $10 million playing in the NBA because these tennis players have to really run a very tight ship and they're essentially running their own franchise. Well, I hope that sheds some light on how hard it is to play professional tennis for a living. Well, thanks for listening to this episode of Find Your Aha Moment. And of course, don't forget to enter our Twins of Miami Live Ball Contest, where we'll give out three lucky winners on November 20th, 2019. And I will announce the winners right here on the podcast. Thanks for listening. This is Brian Lutz of BackhandCity.com. That's when Bush comes to show. I knew it all along